Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> We're looking at Face Off. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. And because that's a bit I didn't feel like doing for the whole episode, we've switched our faces back again. And now I, once again, am, of course, Jeff Ronan. And through movie magic, (laughs) I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And Amy Jo Jackson, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm here. (laughs) Jeff, I'm here. Here. You you are. I am looking at you with my own two eyes. Hey Uh not with your eyes. I got my own eyes back. Which uh yeah, that'd be that'd be Here wild you if, they, if they had, had to... your own eyes, if but they... with contacts? Yeah, did they have con is he wearing contacts Gosh, in the movie? I or did they, they just have the same color eyes, thankfully? They thankfully don't have to like pluck. Could you imagine if they had to switch and then, eyes like, re, and uh, eye, like, eye off? Rewire them neurologically. And then he's like having flashes where he's seeing things that have been seen through these eyes. Ooh. Like he's kind of getting that. What movie is that? There is a movie that does that, right? Um. Oh, there, I, I feel like there's so many. I feel yeah. like there's some sci-fi movie or something. For sure. Yeah. What? Hmm. I'm really, there's like something tickling the back of my brain that is like, and yeah, and you're seeing, well, I mean, there is Lord of the Rings. There is there like. Is, there is, of course, Lord of the Rings, the that, that famous that's, sci-fi movie. That's not what I'm thinking of exactly, but that's a big one. That's a big one that is with a, No, I, I feel like it's a tried and true trope of having like your hero being like, I'm seeing these. Oh, you know, Harry Potter. These flashes. Oh, Harry Potter. I that's mean, yeah. one. So, so all, and all big fantasy movies that started in 2001. That, yeah. <laughs> Come to me. Nagini. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just was he seeing through the eyes of Nagini the same? At one point, isn't he? I don't remember. Y'all, it's been I haven't a minute. seen these movies JK's in so long. JK's trash these days, so I haven't given it a real Harry, Harry Potter's having a nightmare where he's like, why am I eating all these mice? <laughs> why am I talking like this? Well, he's seeing through the eyes of a snake, so he's just eating I all see. these mice. I was and... just laughing in confusion. Now I get it. I think that the the Nagini's feasting on the flesh of human beings. Well, when you can get them, but you know, I see. Yeah, in a pinch, you're, you're just dumping a barrel of mice in there in his, in his terrarium. Barrel mice. <laughs> It'd be great if you got to see him in his full terrarium, and uh, that Ray finds is like, don't overfeed him. He gets, he doesn't have any portion control. Oh, don't tip all the mice in at once. <laughs> Damn it! What's his, what's his face that plays Peter Pettigrew? Damn it, Timothy's ball. Although I guess he should say, damn it, Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Pettigrew. I was like, shouldn't he just call him by he the... He should. And, you know, Peter Pettigrew is there. Just be like, I don't I don't know how he actually sounds in the movie, so I'm going to assume he sounds like like a Peter Laurie Renfield. I'm sorry, Master. I guess that's Christopher Lambert. I'm sorry, Master. It's hard when you've only got one ding-dang hand. It's just to not have the Ooh. whole barrel of mice tip into the terrarium. All these years have been doing a Peter Laurie impression that I was also doing. A Christopher Lambert impression. I didn't know. I didn't Either. know. Well, none of these people or characters Break. are in the movie we're talking about. Break. That's from Casablanca. You're welcome. You're welcome. I thought you were shouting Reek. No, I was shouting Rick in Peter Rick Laurie's in accent. In Peter Laurie in the Zuh. classic film Casablanca. Of course. Zuh. Of course. Wasn't that wild in Casablanca when Nagini the Snake just starts chomping on all the Nazis? I it mean, was great. It would have been a f- an effective way. To, uh, Play it again, Nagini. <laughs> just a snake tickling the ivories. With the, just with the tail. All right, we've wasted enough time. <laughs> Face Off is an action film that came out on June 27th, 1997, and was directed by John Woo and written by Mike Werb and Michael Collieri. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Face Off? Had you seen it before? Yes, with you mm-hmm. a, a number of times. I will say, this is the kind of movie 
great to put on at a party where you can half pay attention to it. But when you're oh, trying yeah. to watch it for a podcast uh-huh. and take notes, you feel the length. <laughs> I, I don't know. that I've seen it. So, so wait, are you saying the first time you saw this was with me? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't oh, realize yeah, that's the first no. time you'd seen it. What I'd seen before was the you'd poster. Seen, right, well, you'd, you'd seen Con Air before yes once we saw it together yes 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 well that was my i saw kind of for the first time with you i didn't oh. realize that you saw face off for the first time with me in terms of nick cage's action films from 1997 yes well now we're full circle <laughs> fully transitioned him into i own this is what i do now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um i didn't realize that oh cool 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 uh yeah i've seen this movie so many times this is one that was always on tv when i was well, younger that's how i saw con air was half right. asleep with it on tv <laughs> I certainly didn't sit um, and watch the whole thing with any attention to right, detail. Right, right. Uh, I rewatched this like a year or so ago with friend, a bunch of friends who had never seen it. I was showing it to them. And that was the first time that I really felt the length. Yeah. It's almost two and a half hours. That was the first time that I was like, ooh, man, I don't know if I can keep watching this movie as often as I do. Which is once every few years. Um, but watching it the other day, I thought it actually flew by. I couldn't get enough i can't i swung back around i was last time i watched it listener i was like "Ooh, this movie might not fully hold up now i think this movie rules the school you were also because you were hosting because this is when we could have people in our abode Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes when you're in that capacity it might be like are people enjoying the movie how is the vibe in the room so i think you might also have been like taking care of other people and worrying a bit about like do people hate this? But, I mean, it is an enjoyable Where, Whereas watch. this time, I did not care one lick if you hated it. Well, Because I, I knew that you could at least talk it. about it here <laughs> and air your grievances with Precisely. me for making you watch this film again. Uh, your grievances with Nicolas Cage and or John Travolta as themselves or as each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into it. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Face Off or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. They take their faces... Off. The casting director, (laughs) uh, freelance terrorist and homicidal sociopath Castor Troy attempts and fails to assassinate FBI special agent Sean Archer, accidentally killing Archer's son Michael instead. This scene, it's just so like every like happy trope of childhood my dad this brutal cop he's like my dad we're riding on a carousel we're giggling together it's a soft lighting kind of thing there's balloons it's just like they might be on the carousel in mary poppins because that horse does straight up whinny at one point you get a whinnying noise as the horse keeps clomping away and you're like is this is this carousel gonna come to life man it was i was just like you are we are not even a minute into this movie and you are already like we're gonna do everything we can to pull every heart string you got and i was like maybe try less hard and let the events which are horrible do that but no you gotta have balloons and a kid with a bowl cut to make it work i guess yeah balloons and bowl cuts uh you gotta have the double bay um, although I, I think that is one of the film's strong suits, as silly as it is, is how high, um, like, the emotions in the movie are running at a fever pitch. Yes, it's such a soap opera. Yes, so I think that yes. it le- the fact that it leans it, apparently at the time, because this movie, cr- a critic darling. It was? People loved this movie. It made a ton of money, but critically. Well, that doesn't surprise me. It's the, yeah. that for a, for a while, this had 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. <gasps> it, it, people couldn't get enough. I am Roger a Ebert gave it, I forget, he either gave it three stars or three and a half stars. 75. 75, 75 stars. He gave it 76 
Trom, tr- trombones? Trom stars. Trom stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people. And it was because it's like, I, I don't know if we were just used to like action films being a little more of a grim faced affair of just that like, could be true. this guy kidnapped my wife. Now I gotta kill all these guys and get them back. There is a delightful level of camp. In this yeah, film. Absolutely. Not quite enough absolutely. for my taste, but but I mean, Nicolas Cage enters as a priest. Like they, are and then immediately like, starts like headbanging. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's like I appreciate that in an action film. Being like, we're just gonna lean into the. Yeah. The, the operatic levels of absurdity. Yeah, I I will say very briefly because then, then we'll swing back around to this after the synopsis that they're doing a remake of Face Off. That this is just announced like I think last year or in 2019. In 2019, that they've talked like that they are now fully moving forward. I forget which company. Um, and with one of the screenwriter is the guy he wrote 22 Jump Street. So I don't know if it'll be more of a comedic edge which uh-huh. i think would be super helpful to sure, if you're going to remake it do something different stuff. with this yeah. and make it a comedy but i think this movie if you wanted to do a new version of face off it should be either an opera or a ballet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is where the, the emotions in this film it needs to either be beautiful arias or just incredible like action ballet yeah, yeah. um is my humble opinion but now Back to the synopsis. Oh, yes. Six years later, Archer's vendetta against Troy culminates in his team's ambush of Troy and his younger brother and accomplice Pollux at the Los Angeles International Airport. What was their mother doing? Castor and Pollux. Oh, I mean, some, I have... The Greek. Are they Greek or Roman? Roman uh, brothers okay. in mythology. So, you know. Romulus she... and Remus. Well, you know, it was like she could have been looking at a, a Da Vinci painting instead and named, named him Leonardo. That's what happened with DiCaprio. Wow. She, 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 as a little baby, kicked in her, in her tummy, and she, while she was looking at a, either a book or a painting of Da Vinci, and was just like, oh, great, your name is Leonardo. Something. I thought it was just because he was Italian, but there we go. I'm a Leonardo Da Vinci. I'm a Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm a the aviator. <laughs> I'm a fly at a plane. I fly at a plane. I'm going to become a, a, a hermit. I'm a the wolf of the Wall Street. <laughs> If my friend who lives in Italy is listening to this, I We're apologize. Sorry. We're I apologize very sorry. Immediately. Right. So they're at the airport. Castor is knocked into a coma after insinuating that there's a bomb hidden in the city scheduled to go off in a few days. Pollux, in custody, affirms that the bomb is real but refuses to reveal its location. What a little creep. Just he's such say. a creeper. Yeah, he's a little creeper. He's dressed like he's playing like the Riddler stand-in. He's just got all these green shirts and like dyed red hair with little tiny glasses. His glasses acting drove me oh. up a wall. He's he is letting you know he's like doing the Meryl Streep like acting with my accessories thing, but to the hilt. To with with Meryl at least will do it with like well except for like a big little eyes where she takes the the necklace and like puts it on her face. Most of the time she's more subtle with it, and a necklace you can be pretty subtle with. But she's had enough decades to be subtle. Just so let her let her be. She, let it go. Once she's done Mamma Mia and Into she's the like, Woods, she's like my days of subtlety are behind I'm me. I don't need fun them. now. I let her have fun. I just want Meryl Streep to have as much. Much fun That's as Meryl Streep's version of becoming a red hat lady. It's just like <laughs> I'm gonna like scream and put this necklace on my face. Um, but it's harder to do that with a pair of glasses, especially his, which are so particular looking. He's got weird glasses, which mm-hmm. are great, but then he's like doing so much Constantly with them, drawing attention to them, just he's, the slightly adjusting. He's doing the little like he's just oh like a little gosh, wave with his weird, pinky. Like, but it's like he's two just like, little tiny bye, fingers. Bye bye bye, bro. bye bye bro. He's doing the most. Yeah, well, and I'm not well. And in this film, that's I don't mean he's doing the most out of anyone. I'm just saying for his performance, he, he was like, I got, I just got to keep up. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the brother of Nicholas. <laughs> Cage, what is there to do? I, I don't think there is a too much 
much when you are trying to play the brother in Nicolas Cage. I c- couldn't agree more. Where you aren't like, oh, well, your brother, so, you know, he's the crazy brother and you're like the real sensible one. It's like, and even though he is such a polar opposite to the character of Caster Troy, he's still just as much a bananas character. Oh, yeah. It should have just been Nick Cage also playing the brother. 100%. Honestly, just Nick Cage playing both those roles. Even Make it even more. And then Travolta also plays the son in the opening <laughs> prologue. Just digitize Travolta's face on a teeny <laughs> tiny five-year-old body? Come on. He's, ah! he's, he's clutching himself to him, his chest. They just use like CGI from him and like Saturday Night Fever. So it's like there, a there real was, baby There face. was a, I forget, some production company or something that turned down the movie and there was like the one of the guys it was either a production company or like a director maybe i forget but his thing was just like um just the amount of money for like the makeup special effects to make these guys look like each other if like the people cannot wrap their heads around you're like no 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 literally they're just gonna pretend My to be each other jaw is they're not the we're not floor. could you imagine though if acting. but could you imagine if they really just put a like a rubber mask of nick cage over john travolta and he had to then pretend to be nick cage would the, the movie might even be better is that, that might not, be even funnier. So here's my question. Because now I'm thinking like, you know, a lot of these deals are done via pitches. I swear, listener, we will finish the synopsis at some they point. Don't care. So please continue. This is a dumb movie. Um, <laughs> it Were these deals made by them? Like, here's the pitch. And people just misunderstood the way that it was going to play out. Or are the stage directions so vague? And people are reading the script going, I cannot envision this. Well, the film was originally... That's supposed to be a complete sci-fi set a hundred years in the future. So this script uh-huh. also went through a ton of, of different changes. Now. So I think it might also be wherever the script was at that point, it probably still was super sci-fi because John uh, Woo was yeah. the one that just didn't connect to that because to him that really took away from the emotion of he wanted to just focus sure. on the emotion. So he was like, just make it take place relatively today or a few years in the future, yeah. despite the fact that you have a uh, magnet boot prison and face swapping technology and right. all these things that like. If you were like, we're in the future, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, that'll make – whatever. It's future. Who cares? Face sure. off. Sure. The ear thing, like the the I know. 3D printing surgery stuff, that's yeah. a thing. That, like, One of the guys at the hangar gets his ear shot off, and then you're like, oh, here's a future peak technology of – yeah, of a 3D printer. of his, his ear. It was like, wow, they, you called that. that. Yeah. So maybe in a few years we will be able to – You're just going to be able to suck someone's face off. off? Well, yeah. Well, you, you need a very powerful – That's we haven't invented the proper suction technology ah, to sloop a face off. Right. The old sloop. <laughs> yeah. The old sloop and droop. You just got to just blo- sloop and you dro- droop it back onto drop, the other face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, right, well, I mean, what would actually make sense is if they switched brains. If you found some way yes, that you just that have like so much more sense. a brain in a jar, and then Nick Cage's brain is kind of maybe maybe then it's like his brain is also connected into like the internet. You switch consciousness. <laughs> you also do like a nineties like the net hackers type thing yeah. where now Nick Cage's brain is is, is, is like in the air in the of being John Malkovich. <laughs> oh, but of course, a film that we've done on this very podcast. Exactly. I um, say great. Right. right, I'm not gonna say anything. The rest of the synopsis, I doubt it, but I'm gonna try. Well, don't make any promises that neither of us wants you to keep. I mean. uh, okay, so there is a bomb. They don't know where it is. At the suggestion of his partner Tito and special ops specialist Dr. Miller, Archer reluctantly secretly undergoes a highly experimental face transplant procedure to take on Troy's face voice because they put a microchip in his throat, even though that For doesn't no do anything, yeah. uh, and appearance. Archer is taken to the same high security he prison. Doesn't tell his wife. I just, I no. just all anyway. Go on. Well, he does say that he can't, and that's you I know what? Know, that's enough why? for me. Because he, oh, Amy, he can't. Oh, because he just can't. He, I see. You can't. <laughs> that makes sense. So if something goes wrong, yeah, you're screwed. Well, there are three whole people that know that he switched faces. So 
describe my face. It's not. It's not a happy face. It's a really it's disappointed. Really disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> okay. Getting a face transplant. He goes to the prison where Pollux is being held and convinces Pollux that he is Troy, gaining information on the bomb's location. But meanwhile, Troy unexpectedly awakens from his coma, discovers his face is missing. <laughs> so he calls his gang and they force the doctor to transplant Archer's face onto him. I love fo- also that he's smoking <laughs> with no face. Smoke- well, he does have a bunch of painkillers. So then he's at least. Oh, but I like, he like yeah. shakes the little bottle yeah. as though like you wouldn't need like a serious morphine You need all of drip. them. Right. Like, you, yeah, there's, there's nothing yeah. left in that bottle. You ain't got a face. You've been in a coma. <laughs> From being, like, exploded in an airplane hangar. Yeah. And then you're like, I took a couple of these Tylenol. I feel great. Don't worry. These are extra strength Advil. (laughs) 800 Uh, milligrams of pill. 800 milligrams. Uh, Yeah. So I need 20 cc's of ibuprofen. Uh, (laughs) So... Uh, he wakes up, he gets, now he's got Archer's face, and he kills the doctor and all the other two people that knew about the transplant. So at the prison, Archer is surprised when Troy appears with Archer's face. This can get a little confusing just saying in terms of who's who at any given point. So Troy, Pastor Troy, Pastor is Troy dressed as John Travolta, dressed as John Travolta, goads Archer that no one knows of the transplant and that he will now take over Archer's life. And then he frees Pollux. Under the guise of Pollux being able to turn state turn, evidence. Yeah, turn state evidence about where the bomb is. So now Archer or Ka- Troy as Archer can now be like, you know, what's that worth? Of being like the head of this head mm-hmm. of the FBI and becomes close to Archer's wife, Eve and daughter, Jamie, whom Archer had been neglecting while chasing down Troy. Uh, meanwhile, Archer as Troy escapes from the prison after staging a riot and retreats to Troy's headquarters, posing as Troy. There he meets Sasha, the sister of Troy's primary drug kingpin, and her son Adam, who reminds Archer of Michael, and who winds up being Caster Troy's son. There's, um, there's another little boy with a bowl cut. That's what you need to know. Yeah, who looks very similar Except that this one, for whatever reason, creeped the hell out of me the entirety of the film. He's a little creepy. He's a bit of a creepy kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry for this, you know, acting is tough. And acting as a child, uh, you know, it's nothing on this guy. If you were listening, guy that played this kid, that played played Adam, um, (laughs) the great part of Archer as Troy just being like, Michael, 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 just clutching him, seeing his own son. That's what I mean. Like that level of emotions where it's like, you know, this isn't your son. You know, your son has been dead forever. I know you're going through it, sir. Right. But sir. But sir, please. This is a Wendy's. Please, sir. Please stop (laughs) shouting about your dead son. This This is is a a drug lair, okay? (laughs) This is inappropriate. Troy learns of Archer's escape and hastily assembles a team to raid his headquarters. The raid quickly turns into a bloodbath, killing numerous FBI agents and several members of Troy's gang, including his brother Pollux. And during this, Archer, Sasha, and Adam are able to escape. Troy kills Archer's supervisor, Director Lazaro, making it look like he had a heart attack, which was ridiculous. He's just like, mm, this old guy. Just like, oh, heart, mm, heart oh my condition. chest is kind of just like, oh, I'm pretty sure if I just punch you really hard in the chest, you're going to immediately die. If that went wrong, that went wrong. If that went wrong, come on, man. The now jig is he, up. Like, it's one thing if you're like, I don't care because I'm just a murderous, like, freakazoid. But if you're trying to pass it off as an yeah. accident, you got He's you in got very blasé. He then gets on the phone. He's like, uh, could you call an ambulance? The victor it's just had a, just had a uh, heart attack. So... So you better yeah. get in here. Uh, and also, uh, could you back that tush in here so I could be grabbing more tushes? Because I don't do enough of that in this film. I do not do enough tush grabbing. And by that, I mean 
there's so so much they should have gone into more detail about how they had to also to switch butts caster and uh troy and archer but real butts with true they're not grabbing their own butts well no but just similar to you know they he's like a whole like he's getting like lipo drill to gets lipo and like all it kinds of they take away his scar um, I want to know what's going on downstairs. I want to know if they're surgically uh, changing. Like, are are they padding out the butt? Are they making it like a juicier yeah, are butt? Doing? Are they flattening the butt? Like, what did Cage have going on that they have to like? Okay, we got to make this butt look. Ju- your wife will know. Yes. Or I guess not your wife, but your bro- caster, the brother, or Pollux. Pollux, the brother, will know if his brother's butt is not as firm as it normally well, also, is. Also, the wife will know. Like, well, but that doesn't concern the wife because the wife is that. That's for, I mean, for John Travolta's for Sean Archer pretending yes. to be Troy. For sure. Then it's just a matter of what will get this across to his the brother. Yeah, but he, he's he's talking to he, as John Tra- with John Travolta face. He's got all his old henchmen. Like he's able to. Talk I'm not about talking about him though. I'm talking about Archer. You're talking about Troy. This is why we're getting a little <laughs> cross circuits. Right. That's what. Yes. For him, then yes, he's that. Well, that's really yeah. That makes so much less sense to because you, you just gloss over that. You don't see. He just shows back up. Troy shows back up with John Travolta's face on. But you he don't did, well, see him being like, no, you got to make me chubbier. He, you got to add some more. You I, he, well, he you, you know he, he was not in this kind he, of shape. He clearly says, you know, I need you to do what you did right. to him, to oh, me, so I can pass as Archer. So they just do the same surgery, but to of make course, him Travolta. But to be so precise. No, I mean, no. I guess he's got like all these notes or whatnot, but like, you know, whatever. He he like doesn't put the scar back because he adds the scar. Of, like all these details that you could have had something like that where it's like the wife notices like, oh, this is weird. Like, didn't you used to have a mole here? Or the, the doctor in his like dying moments, like while making caster troy look like john travolta he just like adds moles to be like help help me (laughs) this is tell my wife i love her like what are are all these moles like Like, what does this spell out yeah 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 yeah. constellation missed opportunity is what i'm saying uh okay so he gives lazaro a heart attack by punching him in the chest uh so troy as archer is promoted to acting director as plans are made for lazaro's funeral archer or Archer as Troy, finds safety for Sasha and Adam, and he then approaches Eve, approaches his actual wife, and convinces her to test Troy as Archer's blood to prove his identity. Convinced, also, which doesn't make sense, because they have different blood types, which means that they could not do any kind of transplant between them, because it would not take. Hello. <laughs> it's just Hello. Also, hilarious. they heal in hours. Oh, yeah. Hours. no, Yeah, no scar. It's, it's like when you're like, wait, they have a few days to find this bomb, but this would take no time to, to recover from full this. body surgery full body surgery no. the works tip head to toe head to toe surgery <sighs> the works it ain't just a face-off because it's it's a face-off and then which it's like why There's even why even give him his face if you can make his body look exactly like nick cage's body why not just make his face look like nick cage's face and just kill nick cage? it's like not not surgical the, or something the genuine article something like, different what's the difference yeah. <laughs> Convinced of her husband's identity, Eve tells Archer that Troy will be vulnerable at Lazaro's funeral. At the ceremony, Archer finds that Troy has anticipated his actions and takes Eve hostage. Sasha arrives. We have a Mexican standoff. A gunfight ensues. Sasha manages to save Eve after taking a bullet. Archer promises a dying Sasha he'll take care of Adam and raise him away from criminal life. The number of times I felt like they could have started singing A Little Fall of Rain in this movie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's got to be an opera. That's a great opera moment. A little fall. Oh, sorry. I got to go shoot. The guy yeah. who looks just like me. Sorry, sorry. Well, Gotta stare into hey, a mirror. Hey, that's Lay Miz. That's Lay Miz. Are you done uh, having a hey. dying soliloquy? Because now we got a gunfight. Now, now we got you know? Fontaine is just turning cold in the bed, but we've got to sing a five minute duet. 
Yeah. You know, Javert, the only way to finally catch Jean Valjean is to become, become Jean, Jean Valjean. Valjean. A lame is face-off switcheroo. I think we're onto something here. If this is how we're we on this to movie. something. We are on to something. <laughs> uh, Troy flees the church with Archer pursuing him. Before killing two more federal agents, Troy briefly takes Jamie hostage, Archer's daughter, but she escapes by stabbing him with a butterfly knife that Troy had given her for self-defense. And showing her how to use it. I mean, yeah. that's I mean, of his own just- making. You, you, you just made your own bed and now you gotta lie in it it's now like don't gotta, don't give her a knife now you gotta limp around it you know if exactly uh so they have this re- amazing speedboat chase that goes on forever uh and finally archer forces troy to shore by collision and finally impales troy with a spear gun killing him after troy is like you're gonna have this face and takes a knife and starts hacking at the face right. like i'm well, gonna give you damaged goods i know but he's really just he's he's going around the face he's really just you, exactly he's just how they're big, gonna like, cut the face diagonal. off yeah um, uh, could you imagine though like that's actually honestly kind of a baller move is for him to just stab himself in the face to kill himself by repeatedly stabbing his own self in the Uh. face i mean what what i was gonna say was that if he just stabbed his eye out and it's like and now travolta when and i was like oh right they don't switch eyes so that would be doing nothing i know i had already (laughs) forgotten (laughs) well in my version when they're doing an eye swap um and then he can see the, the ghosts of everything that troy has seen but that's not this movie. <laughs> no. All right. So he finally kills them. Backup agents arrive and address Archer by name. Backup having... agents, including Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho, agent, special agent Margaret Cho, which I love. I love that she's randomly in this oh, film. Oh, it's great. Uh, it's unexpected. It sure is. Uh, but now they've been convinced by Eve of Archer's true identity. And the movie is smart enough to not try to show the scene of thankfully you got it. probably your best actor in the film joan allen yes, i would argue definitely um or or, or or best performance best actor however you want to quantify that uh for me both uh love love joan allen but i don't know if even the majesty of joan allen could sell a scene where she's having to explain like look the blood just look at this blood sample the movie's already 16 hours long you know i don't need another like 15 minute like let me break it down for you right and thankfully we just kind of like movies um, pretty much over we at this point understand that that's happening yeah. while the speedboat chase is happening exactly you know? that that's yeah or or before or before yeah, that she's told them, yeah. Um, but after the face transplant surgery is reversed, Archer <laughs> returns home, caught his own cab, I guess, because they're not there. He's to, like, I don't need they're, to heal. They're waiting at home for him. No recovery for me. They Never mind that my wife is a surgeon. I'm just gonna yeah, I know. see myself out. Could you imagine this actually kind of something beautiful if she was the one to do a surgery, that she was the one to like... I don't think they'd let you do that. Well, to do some part, I'm saying. You know, she could do some... I don't know, be there at his bedside when he's coming out from underneath the tremendous amount of anesthetic you would need? At least that. She could at least do he just walks that. in the front door. Well, he was too busy grabbing a kid to, to add to his family because he true. he brings Adam, so he brings. And where's that Pastor's kid son. been for however long this took? Yeah, I, well, G- he, he was with Gina Gershon, and she then, died. Well, yes, but well, well, keep in mind how quick the original face-off took. So know, I'm I'm assuming like, that the day has not ended. They had the speed, the funeral in the morning, then the speedboat chase, and like by by dinner time. Travolta's got that face back and he's walking with that kid. I see. Wow, that's quite P- a picked statement. Picked him up, picked Adam up from the babysitter, and uh, you know, waltz in the door and like, sure, h- say hello to your new son. All right, 
I buy it. No reservations. None. None whatsoever. Although I do want to say, though, because Joan Allen, best, I think, best performance in the movie, but uh, she is saddled with that nightgown in that one scene (laughs) that made her look, you said, like a sister wife. I I think like Ebenezer Scrooge or Ghost of Christmas Past (laughs) that comes to, like, she she had like a little tiny nightcap on, on top of her head as well. That's such a, like a community theater Scrooge. Look, uh, outfit i mean i'm not one to judge during the core i have been like living in my pajama onesies sure which are you whatever know, can get you through exactly the day but i'm not wearing like an elizabethan like i daren't show my ankles it didn't look flannel comfortable dress. yeah it's got a collar yeah. it's got a collar who goes to sleep with a collar like that seems like Unless you're like, particularly, you know, if you're if, now to be fair, if you're going to sleep in, you know, whatever, Norway, if you're going to sleep in the great or the great white north and you're cold, sleep in a turtleneck. Even then, like, what, they're in what California. They're in L.A. 90, 97. 97. In 1997, I was in like ninth grade and there were p- pajama pants were a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. She could have had some like classy pajama pants if she's so cold in California. <laughs> some socks and pajama pants. They invented classy pajama pants at this point. They hap- They had happened. Eve. They had hit the market. <laughs> she could have, you know, trotted herself to Old Navy and gotten like a tasteful, comfortable pajama pant. But no, she's instead in some like remnant Old from, Navy, like, home of the classiest pajamas. It's just like, wow, this looks like an Easter dress I have when I was six, you know? Ooh, yeah, if you dyed a different color, total Easter dress. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah. flannel, it would be mm, like a cute mm. little Easter dress. But yeah, it was just strange. It was. It was a little strange. Oh, real quick, because I'd mentioned it was supposed to be a sci-fi movie. I'd forgotten that I'd, I'd forgotten that I put this down in my notes. So this is what I'd found in terms of what kind of sci-fi, like full-blown. Set around 100 years in the future, it was more out there, but arguably made more sense by virtue of its futuristic premise— Homeless people occupied a derelict Golden Gate Bridge, cars flew through the sky, and chimpanzees carried out all manual labor. Huh. If this is the early 90s that they're writing this version, they're, like, we know at this point, like, the tech boom is a real thing. Like, computers are starting to take over everything. Yeah, not like, robots taking over manual labor, but chimpanzees. That's We're going what I'm backwards. Saying, yeah. Like, what? Now in, now, in that version, here's what I want disgruntled chimpanzees. You combine this with, like, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Disgruntled chimpanzees sure. that are like, why am I building this house? Gotcha. So now these chimpanzees turn to crime. Caster Troy, monkey. <laughs> so now Sean Archer not only has to turn into a chimpanzee, but has to infiltrate, like, chimp life? Oh, He's going full-blown Zootopia? Don't act like you would not watch the crap out of that film. I would not watch this movie. (laughs) What? Well, you would because we would be covering it on this podcast. Unfortunately, but I would watch it under duress, you know? Like, (laughs) Well, I still want it. The casting director of Face Off was Mindy Marin, an Emmy nominee for casting the made-for-TV movie Path to War. Marin has also cast such films as Cliffhanger, Thank You for Smoking, Juno, and Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So I think we kind of have to talk about them together, right? Concur. Exactly. So John Travolta as Sean Archer and Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy. Amy Jo who what are your thoughts on them (laughs) and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else okay okay 
So there's this podcast that I think I've talked about on the show before called I Saw What You Did, and it's a movie pod. And they did a recent episode where the the like theme of the episode was actors that go all the way up. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage was like mentioned as one of these actors. They were primarily talking yeah. about DiCaprio and like Tom Hardy. But they were like, mm -hmm. you want like for certain films, you want an actor that goes all the way up. These are two actors, Cage in particular, <laughs> who go all the way up. They're living up. They, they don't need to go up. They're already they're there. there. They're, they're, they're there. living on the top floor. Just. <laughs> I, I, there's some line of Travolta's when he is like being inhabited by, by Caster Troy that I can't. I can't remember, but it's something like this uh, that he has. Is it when he finds out that Castor supposedly has been killed and is like, well, where's his body? It's like, oh, it hasn't been discovered yet. It, it hasn't, hasn't been, been discovered, discovered yet. yet. That's exactly right. That's yeah. the one. Great. <laughs> There's a largesse to both of them that I just respect the crap out of. Now, here's what I'll say. Oh, we, you're good looking. You're hot. <laughs> I love travolta pretending to be nicholas cage it looks like he's really like this guy's an idiot yeah. so i'm going to enjoy this yeah. and i'm going to enjoy getting paid to make fun of him like it's like me doing my job well means <laughs> making a mockery of the stupid choices i'm seeing this 100 percent agree whereas nicholas cage is truly doing whatever what he pleases whatever he pleases whatever um, he wants <laughs> Just like like for instance, there's the scene with the moon boots in the prison where there's like yeah. it's it's lunchtime. And so John Travolta no, sorry, Sean Archer in Nicolas Cage body right. is like, Oh no, I'm here in this prison. And they like get into a fight and he's like, Oh and like hitting, oh, look, oh look at that, it's a pre fame Tom Jane. He's like oh yeah, he's like hitting <laughs> people over the head with a chair and he's like yeah, and it's like uh, yeah. I mean, he, it's a classic. It's like a real. It's like he's playing Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, it is like he is not just Jekyll and Hyde, but Jekyll and Hyde in the Frank Wildhorn musical where he's singing as a song played by David Hasselhoff. That is correct. Specifically, specifically, couldn't be more on the nose, Jeff. <laughs> that that, that might be my favorite shot of the film is with Nick Cage, where he yeah he goes I'm cast Troy. I, th I think it's like he's right after he kicks the guy in the balls, yeah. and then he goes yeah it's, he I'm starts Castro to like Troy. freak. Out. He just to cry and then to, to like psych himself up he's just like woo and then uh, and buries his face in his hands because he cycles wild. back and forth back and forth through but those emotions and it's delightfully it stupid is perfect however <laughs> how air well any number of how airs but the how air i'll go with right now is that re-watching this film because i hadn't seen it in a couple yeah. years probably or i don't remember the last time we watched it at the house but like it's it's been a bit it's been a couple years for you yeah so Sean Archer yes. is such a belligerent, angry guy with a hair trigger who, like, he has some offhand comment about, like, I'll go to counseling, implying he's never, never been to been. any yeah. kind of – I mean, he it's not just like, oh, my son died. He was there and was wounded in this moment. He has gone through a lot that he has not processed, and instead he's there screaming at everybody. He's, like, throwing people on the ground, pulling his gun out in an interrogation. Like, this is not a good dude. And so the fact that he's then in this prison fight is like, my goodness, is overwhelmed by this. It's like, no, it is not, you jerk. Like, I just, it made me uh, actually angry this time watching it. Interesting. I never took it to be him being like, oh, I'm, you know, such a good guy that I can't be beating up these 
convicts, you know, a, a post, if it was, if the scene was, I mean, there's, it's in a prison. If it was having to him, like beating up a guard that had done nothing and him being like, oh, I got to do this to show the guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm so conflicted about this. That'd be something. This just, I don't know what this was. This to me was just like, I've got to, I, it's, it's just of how, how I'm beating up this guy. I'm beating him up in such a, I mean, you're right. You're sure. right that he's so violent I mean, in that's, his own that's life. That's what the performance that Cage is giving yeah. is telling me about this guy. Because Cage has decided that this guy's a better guy than the way John Travolta played him originally or than the way that's yeah. in the script. Because he's such, he's such, such that, you know, as Margaret Cho says, you know, did you have just have a surgical procedure? Did they successfully remove the stick from your butt? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that he's, he's like such, so tightly wound. And once he's got Cage's face on, He's not. It's really just. I mean, he's dealing with a little. He a begins lot. to grapple with the consequences. Right. Of, this is the thing that's more interesting to me. If instead of every time he's like looking in the mirror and then throws a chair at the mirror or like points punches, a gun at his mirror, points a gun at a mirror, something that's like, guy, you know what's happening. I understand this is difficult. I don't difficult, know. But, I don't know. Of course, well, he knows no what's happening. No one should have but, let him do this. this well, he's was also so stupid. He's also on drugs for the, at least that one time when he points the gun at the mirror. Sure, that, that's true. I thought you were talking about in the hospital. Nobody um, give that guy any more drugs. <laughs> but, but, like this—that's what that seemed to be. Like, I would hope he was on drugs in the hospital. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> um, but as the movie progresses, it does seem to be more like, oh, I'm grappling with the effect that I'm more like this guy, yeah. and I'd like to be, and I have some growing to do. Mm. Which I feel like part of that's in the script, but I really wish that was more the story yeah. rather than. Uh, I'm looking at the face of my enemy and it's me rather than like, what does that mean on a deeper psychological level? What have you really been chasing? Like there's some interesting stuff there that they are completely unconcerned with. I know they, they give you like the bare minimum. Cause even though this movie is about two and a half hours long, it's still so jam packed. There's like five different films. There, yes, so many of these correct. things you could have a whole movie. You could have a whole movie where he just has to go undercover in this prison and win the trust of this brother yeah. to convince him that he, I am your brother, Castro Troy. I need to find out where the bomb is before it goes off. The bomb, we're like an hour into the film and the bomb is then defused. There's what seems to be like the MacGuffin of the film is done. There's the the bomb being defused. There's a prison break. There is an airplane fight on a runway. That's the and that's the opening. That's the beginning. You open there's your opening is like the boats. end of the first bad boys movie. There's the shootout <laughs> at the like drug like drug death. We're, we're scored by uh, somewhere over the rainbow. This little kid has <laughs> That kid is not listening to this, like, jazzy uh, elevator music version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I'm so sorry. Anyway, all that is He's five. I don't think he's buying his own music. I I just don't see him being like, oh, this is the movie that'll make a movie. This is the music that'll make him sit still. Maybe. I don't know. Regardless, there's there's just so much that it's like. Yeah, at least give me, like, a more King of the Forest, a little more up-tempo number if you're going to go with Wizard of Oz. Am I right? Come on. Um... So anyway, all that is to say, (laughs) Travolta, so ridiculous, but what a delight. I agree. It's so hammy, but I think it's like so perfectly pitched. I think he's great in the beginning when he's just such a grouch and like so like, I I mean, it's it's good enough where you're like, this could be just a movie as is, where it's just him hunting down psycho Nick Cage and that's your movie and he's just this harried cop. I'm like, oh, that, there's a movie already there that's good enough without face-offs switcheroo. It's like he turns into a cartoon lion. You know, he's just like, it's me. I come, Everybody applaud me. He just like, when he turns into this, like, I just take up space and I dance around and I sing. Like all that all of, of the stuff of him at the home, especially all of his scenes with like the daughter where oh. he's like, 
you know, just like a just like it's Halloween and ghouls are trying to get your pants. All this is like Papa's. All this Papa's got a brand new bag nonsense. Yeah. I, all I could think of was for whatever reason, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire of this person who's like I'm. It's like where he's like getting along with the wife, getting along with this kid mm-hmm. under while in disguise under the guise of someone else. So I was just imagining Robin when Robin Williams was really wheeling and dealing and beep yeah. bopping and scatting through films and just it, clearly not a word he was saying was ever written in by a script. screenwriter. Uh, <laughs> is is that level of we are a big broad summer comedy yes. is everything Travolta is doing where he's just like lounging with the cigarette in his mouth just with no hands and it's yes. whatever that one line is about like oh lies deceit like half truths this is starting to become a real marriage like it's also you, this there's a version of this movie that could just be a comedy which is why i hope that they actually go full comedy uh with a, this remake that apparently they're doing yeah but honestly as a premise i want more it's i mean it's just a body swap movie yes. you know it's just a, such a stupid way to do a yes. body swap if you just do the brain i think it makes so much more sense have it be a wish have him wish a, a, on a birthday cake that he could find a way to stop the bomb and now he wakes up as nicolas cage tro- well he's also then gotta not die i don't know there's a lot of oh blah 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 anyway <laughs> my, my point being though i think that this is a premise that stands the test of time and then i want to see I'm, I'm excited for a remake and i want to just see this premise being done more often of actors having to pretend to be each other because i think if you Freaky get friday if, exactly but if you if you get good enough actors and you know nick cage is an oscar travolta's got a couple oscar nominations there are we'll get through the people that were actually considered there are definitely worse actors that were considered oh, for I'm this sure that could not even begin to try to act like one another for sure um but it's almost yeah a double-edged sword because then if you get too good of actors you need actors that would still do this kind of cops and robbers film i'll do this this is just stupid enough to be fun exactly yeah well i have some thoughts please um uh, i liked the idea of kate blanchett and tilda swinton love amazing what part of the thing is you want actors who can both be believable villains and heroes you know you this need is tr- you it's need also an that actor who it's also like, that you are clearly the bad guy you need someone who can you totally buy is like oh yeah you're you're not meant to be here you know yeah so. and i do think that that it works well the way they've done it because they both travolta and cage have both played good guys both played bad guys but yeah. travolta reads like, it, like they couldn't you couldn't arrow. have switched them I no, don't Travolta think. can't start as He can't start chaos. as that. No, exactly. I d- so I do think. what's fun is seeing that yeah. wild card energy on this person who is not presented that way previously. Yeah. So with that said, is Kate Blanchett starting the movie as Archer? That or as is, the. That is what I have. Wild card. I love it. I like that a lot. They are both yeah. so good. I could buy it either way. Yeah. But I do see it more Kate Blanchett as love. Archer, Tilda Swinton as Caster Troy. And then when the door comes open and it's Tilda, you know, Tilda Blanchett as Tilda Swinton, like in the prison, like, oh, is this going to be yeah. the person to swap me back? And instead, Kate Blanchett comes in full Galadriel, like in like the photo, like the whatever, like the uh, photo negative the version where she's like freaking out at Frodo. <laughs> Instead of a dark lord, I would be a queen! <laughs> Not dark, but beautiful! That legit used to be my voicemail. Uh, it, would, it would go like, Not dark, but beautiful! Treacherous as the sea! I recorded it in my brother's bathroom, so it was, it was all tile. So it was like, Treacherous as the sea! Strong as the foundations of the earth! All shall love me and despair! Beep! 
and the and the amount of people trying to leave me a voicemail this is of course right after fellowship has come out so voicemails were still a thing people did you know people were like uh i'm trying to reach amy cho jacks <laughs> I think voicemails are still a thing that people do, just perhaps not you. I have plenty that I refuse to listen to on my phone. That's my point being that you're not doing the voicemails Never in the sense of me. listening to them. Please, listener, do not Never call, stop, call Please me. stop calling Amy Would Jo. Would you quit? Um, <laughs> all right. Other options. Um, <laughs> this was just me being stupid, but because we have discussed the concept of true westing it, uh, and this is the classic, basically like on screen to yeah. true west, it's like, oh, Phil Hoffman and John Phil C. Riley. You have John C. Riley as Archer. Yes. And yeah. then Philip Seymour Hoffman as Caster Troy. And Absolutely. then they swap. I mean, it's different vibe, but like, ooh, of course. it might be a grittier movie in a way, less, you know. But... Yeah. I mean, if this was like a teeny tiny, if, if it, you still keep it sci-fi, so you set it further in the future, mm -hmm. but have it like an indie, low budget sci-fi film where it's uh -huh. more you're uh -huh. more wrestling if you want to focus on the emotion then you're not making a summer action blockbuster although of course john woo that he is an incredible action filmmaker so of course he's gonna want to focus on the emotions mm -hmm, and not have mm -hmm. it be sci-fi but he's gonna still make it ridiculous <laughs> speedboat chases whereas if this is just like just focusing on the like the the thrill th if it was a thriller oh, of yeah. him having they to like both done yeah. thrillers they're both fantastic uh, yeah know? i yeah. think that would rule i'm into it they're also both phenomenal actors okay <laughs> then i was like ooh, what if we did like strictly brits and great. then i'm i'm not th this is like the great thing about this too is there's such wiggle room where it's like okay if this person then this person or this person switches mm -hmm. to here if it's this person but i was like okay as Sean Archer, Idris Elba, oh, and then as Caster Troy, yes. Chiwetel Ejiofor. <gasps> yeah. Because yeah. he also, like, has, you know, having seen, like, Kinky Boots in particular is what I'm thinking of. So, like, he, ha he, like, will lean into the camp when called for. Uh, well, oh, especially with Lola and Kinky That's Boots. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I think that'd be really fun. Oh, it would be great. And yeah. then you'd get all those great gritty accents. Make set it in London instead of LA. Oh, of course. You know? Yeah. You're not having a speedboat. Maybe on the Thames. And I like Idris Elba starting as like grumpy Sean Archer and yes. then getting him letting him run wild. Because he can do yeah. both of those so well. I can't but I do think it makes oh, more sure. sense to have him especially given it. like I think so many of us came to know him yeah. initially through Luther, which is much more like that tone. Well, Luther, The Wire was kind of his, his like oh, right. a big, a show big I thing at the beginning. I um, but I love that. And I love that for today, like for this remake. Oh, if, yeah. I mean, if they're going to go a little more comedy that isn't usually their forte, Idris Elba and Chiwetel. Correct. But uh, that's great casting for today. I think so. Here's another one that's very, very fun. And I just put below this pairing. We deserve this. And this is as Sean Archer, Viola Davis, and Octavia Spencer as Caster Troy. I dig that. I wanted Viola Davis as Sean Archer and Taraji P. Henson Ooh, as Caster Troy. I, mean, I love Octavia. And I think I'm just Octavia. Her like Ma. Oh, sure, sure. Which she is a villain in, but that's still a different type of villain from no, just thinking of a true. Caster Troy, of, of a homicidal domestic. Terrorist for hire. does perhaps have a bit more of the like showboating quality, that's, which is and useful. That's what I want. See, I that's see. what I want. Yeah. About Viola. But I, I, I'm always happy to see Octavia in a movie. So give Octavia oh, the part for sure, <laughs> please. <laughs> Octavia Spencer should be playing bigger parts than she's usually playing. I think we can all agree. Absolutely, it's a crime. G give her more. Um, and Ma then... was not great, but she is great in it. I only watched the trailer and I thought she's great. <laughs> I can tell. I, I saw the trailer. Oscar, give her the Oscar for that trailer. Yeah, give it to her. Best, best, performance, best, in a, performance, best, in a best performance in a trailer. I watched on the YouTube <laughs> goes to Octavia Spencer. Uh, 
That sounds about like most of my movie going experience. Well, the trailer made it look like it was excellent. Um, and then I don't know how one to one this is, but thinking about um, I was thinking of Leo because of this like all the way up kind sure. of thing. Um, but I was like maybe him as Sean Archer with Pedro Pascal as Caster Troy. Oh, interesting. I think, you know, I think it could be fun. They both are also the type of person that, based on what I have seen, Mm -hmm. would enjoy. You need an actor who can really relish something. And it's like, I'm going to have fun. And that will be partially what the audience will have fun watching is the enjoyment of like, I'm doing something juicy. (laughs) And I feel like. I'm just I'm just thinking of the uh, Django Unchained meme. Uh, that that to yeah. me is the epitome. Yeah. Of, like just it's just him in that meme as true. as when he like transforms into like Gaster yeah. Troy. <laughs> All right, I, I had so many ideas for yeah. this because I I loved it of the time 1997. Imagine this film: Sean Archer, Denzel, Caster Troy, Wesley Snipes. Oh. Wesley Snipes is perfect chaos energy. <laughs> Thinking of him in Demolition yes, Man, that's, that's exactly, exactly that is Caster Troy. That is that it's just like a level of version. like not giving a care Another in the world. Stupid movie, but I think Face Off genuinely a lot better than Demolition oh, Man. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Of this time, of some people that you're like can do the good roles and the bad roles, and I can both can ham it up. Get me Michael Keaton as Sean Archer mm. and either Gary Oldman or Willem Dafoe as Castor sure. Troy. Because yes. they know how to really, they know how to ham it up, but still keep it in the realm of possibility. Yeah. Whereas Cage is just living on his own planet. He, and I yes. love it. I love that planet. Sometimes that planet is Doesn't help your not movie. even in our solar system That's exactly is right. the thing. It's like, oh, he's on his own moon, but it's like, it has to still at least be circling the planet of the film. I concur. And sometimes it's just, wee. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I was like, give me Jet Li and Donnie Yen as mm. Archer and Troy. Mm-hmm, give me mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas as Archer, Javier Bardem as Troy. Yeah, Javier Bardem definitely was on my like longer list as, as Caster Troy because it's just like this is every villain he plays. Yeah. It's like anarchy. Yeah. Uh t- made more made to dick. Give me Michael Sheen as Archer and David Tennant as <gasps> Troy, because they're so good together. Yeah. But David Tennant as Troy. David Tennant I'm is like what I want. Is what I want is. from from a remake today you know, it'll never be today i feel like it'll be I, it might be comedy but i feel like today i'd be shocked if michael b jordan wasn't one of these roles oh I'd, which i'd love I would he's love great that. but like, i want that's why i'm saying i want multiple remakes so we can get all these choices because I, I want to see michael sheen and david Tennant yes, acting yes, as those are yes. two actors that know how to act as each other and satirize each other's quirks for sure that would be also hilarious to me you know who also would be great this is really a caster troy obviously mm-hmm. uh, is andrew scott who I just love in any and everything. Moriarty from Sherlock, and so many other things, but I feel like and and Spectre, well, but I know, yes. a hot piece, hot priest from Fleabag. Hot priest, yes, know, that's but, true. But oh, so good! Oh, at he's acting. fantastic. I mean, and, yeah, him, and then that's like an he'd be an incredible caster, Troy. Yes, because um, then he's you're like, oh yes, that Moriarty showboating, and then most of the movie he's so actually, actually your I hero. Have a lot of feelings, and I don't know what to do with all of this emotion and energy. I have two more, both for today, which I would also not be surprised one bit if it wound up being this but i think give me a battle of the chrises sean archer chris evans and Uh then as uh troy chris pine because i've seen them both chris pine has occasionally done the black hat roles specifically this dumb as dog crap film smoke and aces that he's in very briefly Uh but it's this the iconic scene where you think ben affleck might be the hero of this film and him and his guys get like 
shot 30 minutes into the film by Chris Pine and his two and his brothers, where they are like insane oh, spandex clad goggle wearing weirdos. You've yes. shown me that scene. And yeah. then Chris Pine comes up and uses Ben Affleck's face as a ventriloquism dummy to be like, Don't worry there, buddy. It's okay that you had to kill me. I forgive you. And I was just like watching. I'm like, who is this guy? He's he's amazing yeah. in the film. I forgot it's that such was him. a bad film. It's an incredibly terrible film, Smoking Aces. But he is incredible in it. Uh, and and I could see that. Or also, if you're doing the Brits, Daniel Craig as Sean Archer. Mm-hmm. I love when he can also oh, be, yeah. do a little more villainous turn, and he's trying to hunt down Tom Hardy's caster. Troy. I thought of Tom Hardy too, but I couldn't think who to pair him with, and now I'm ashamed. I didn't because you Daniel know Craig. it helps because they are similar body yes. builds as well. So, so it that's helps not solve as some of that. Like, how is this going on? You also having just talked about um, the movie prior to uh, with Ben Affleck, maybe think set this in Boston. Ben Affleck as Sean Archer and Mark Wahlberg as caster. Oh, Troy. Oh, it's man. a stupid movie. Well, you do but... you do DiCaprio and matt damon it's just a departed oh, it's just what it's, it's just departed just keep reshuffling the departed around and make it work you know <laughs> and then you make it work which apparently this film did inspire the movie infernal affairs the china i believe chinese film that then was adapted uh, remade as the departed no so face that really did go as like a straight I really brought line. up a thread here <laughs> I'm pretty smart. I think we can all agree. And uh, listener, I think we can. So Cage and Travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play each oh boy, other. Oh like, could you, you imagine? Could you imagine I wish there were tapes. I want to see all like, the behind the scenes footage. Travolta's yeah. in like jazz pants. D- they're they're in oh, Ripley Greer. Travolta is in no. Travolta's in those little short shorts that he wears in Perfect. Perfect. Um, and Cage, nothing. Cage is just naked. That that's he's just like getting Cage, in and, and banging on bongos. Cage, no, but Cage would come into like the um the tur- a black turtleneck. Oh, oh black... the tur- the turtleneck uh, pajamas that uh, Jonah Hill is wearing in the film. Not like that. A black sleek turtleneck. He would look like Audrey Hepburn in Funny Face. He's wearing like black ballet slippers, like black tights. I've always thought Nicholas Cage looked like Audrey Hepburn. So you it's know, so funny it's you say a that. Little, I, I don't know why more people aren't. He's got the that sunglasses comparison. on. He's munching on a little pastry and his guys coffee. He's got his looking at, looking at Tiffany's. He's got his croissant. His little his little uh, tiara. Um, <laughs> After a cat? No, but he would. He would. Uh, <laughs> there's like that famous photo of James Dean and Eartha Kitt taking a ballet class together. He'd be dressed like James Dean in ballet class. Like that's what he. He'd be like, I'm very sorry. and he'd be smoking in the corner. Yeah, playing bongos, 100. percent Yeah, and then they're just doing the mirror exercise together. It's just the, just the two of them together going zip zaps off. They're just doing all these like theater games. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the whole movie will be. Is them scaring oh, so just looking to mirrors. Oh. oh my gosh, that's so funny to me. That's yeah. also like. Um, Oh man, it's like they then graduate from that to then doing Marx Brothers routines where they're like then oh, doing that would duck be soup. amazing. Oh. I would not be I would be not one iota surprised if in these two weeks together, and I like to imagine that it was like from sunup to sundown, they're gonna live, breathe, eat, sleep I want each a other. Montage like to like an eighties training song of this. I would not be surprised if Cage came in and the first day was like, all right, by the end of the week, like it's, it's, it's their homework for, to show John Woo. All right, uh, so John Travolta, for, first of all, great, great to meet you, great to meet you. Uh, so we're gonna learn the duck soup mirror. Bouncy, 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 yeah, yeah, bouncy, yeah. yeah. Bouncy. They're just doing that for John Woo, for, for just for John Woo's like entertainment <laughs> and just to show like how well they can mimic each other. <laughs> Two jerks doing that scene. Now, as for the actors who were actually considered for Archer and Troy in Face Off, right off the bat, John Woo considered Michael Douglas for Sean Archer, who Isn't did wind up producing. Executive, yes. He sure is. When I saw that, I was like, I wonder if he 
was like on board in this in some way. Now, from my research, I saw that John Woo considered Michael Douglas for Sean. Elsewhere, I saw that people considered pairing Michael Douglas with Harrison Ford as caster. I know. Which I would, I don't know if John Woo also considered Harrison Ford of like when this all fell together. Someone somewhere, supposedly. Which that's where I'm like, Harrison Ford is just not someone I could ever buy as like a villainous. this is not type? the vehicle for Harrison Ford. You know it would be a very different type of villain of Caster Troy with Harrison Ford. But like him as but Sean Archer. But Archer is hard for me to see. See, I see him as Archer, but then I can't see him as Archer. That's what I'm saying. With... I can't see him in the full role. That's exactly. Like, this is not a yes. vehicle for him. He does not belong in this film. Right. And Michael Douglas, I could see a bit more as Archer but as, in the yes. John Travolta I can. Shoes, I can but see that. I don't also... want it. No. He is someone who is not afraid to take up space and chew the scenery. So this in that is true. way, I can see him, him being, going full like Gordon Gecko. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so I even, think he'd be a yeah. successful Sean Archer, but you know, totally. Travolta, again, a musical theater person from way back, <laughs> I think has more of the vibe we're looking for. Uh, yes, yes, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my impression of Travolta. Um, trying to be cool again. Oh, in Greece. Oh, in of Greece, course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Now, instead, that year, which I think better fits for both of them, Michael Douglas was doing uh, the David Fincher movie, The Game, and Harrison Ford was doing the classy plane movie, Air Force One. <laughs> better, better places oh, yeah. for both Harrison of them. Harrison Ford should be. Is he pre- the president in that one? Of course he's the president. Yeah, president Harrison Ford? President Harrison Ford makes a lot more sense than, like, grumpy FBI agent turned villain. Or in that case, with him as Caster Troy, him as villain then like turned FBI villain? agent like I cannot see it no, no thank you. uh understandably Arnold and Sylvester Stallone were considered yes, that makes sense I don't want it but I get no. it apparently Arnold as Sean Archer and then Tr- Stallone as Castor it Troy. is me all American I know FBI agent I go undercover although I would love before the voice chip works and at the end when the <gasps> voice chip is broken you have Stallone talking with the voice of Arnold like Schwarzenegger. It. I like it. That's incredible to that, me. See, now that is something where that would work better because Cage and Travolta are both doing this like slight Southern thing in this movie. Just like their voices in the moments where it shifts aren't different enough from one another. Oh, it took me probably, keeping in mind that the first time I saw this, I was probably like 12 years old. Uh, it took me like the third or fourth time of seeing this film before I realized at the end when the when I was like, oh, that's Don't Travolta. Don't look at my face. Listen to my voice. Travolta's dubbing Cage because yes. his voice chip doesn't – the, the, the microchip in his throat somehow doesn't work anymore. But though it, so, like somehow it ever did. Yes, yes, yes. I think he gets – I think it's choked for a second by a – Yeah, and which yeah. dislodged it. Right. But I just didn't even register because their voices – and their voices are not similar at all. But my no, – but No, but they're not different enough in the way that they have like ADR'd them in this totally. situation. Yeah. I mean, of course – I mean, they were looking for an opportunity to pair Schwarzenegger and, and uh, Stallone forever – uh, which I think they finally did in like the Expendables movies and then some escape plan where they're like in prison together. But it wasn't to be in Face Off. I love it as an idea, but I just cannot see it. In execution. In execution in any way, shape, or form. And instead, in 1997, Stallone had Copland, which is one of his better films, one of his better like perform acting performances because he's just like a kind of dim cop who's like losing his hearing and is like 
not skilled enough to try to solve this uh-huh. kind of in over his head. Uh, but Schwarzenegger 97 was playing Mr. Freeze and Batman and Robin. So At least it's iconic. It is iconic. And, you know, Batman and Robin still made money. It didn't make a ton yeah. of money, but, you know, and he got paid either way. But I feel like, you know, being in a makeup chair to be covered in blue goop opposed to being in a makeup chair to have a lot of Stallone prosthetics put on your face, according to this one dumb dumb that didn't understand the conceit of the uh, film. Uh, <laughs> I do just love that, like, Nick Cage's face, when he has no face, really just looks like they covered him in, in extra thick ketchup. Yeah. 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 There's, like, the one shot where you see the reflection of it, where then he looks like the Joker. And it really does feel like Nick Cage is like, oh, man, Nick Cage you know he must have wanted to play the Joker or the Riddler, like any Batman villain. Uh, I think he was supposed to play it because Batman and Robin was such a failure that Joel Schumacher was going to make another, a third. Mm. Uh, And then they were like, absolutely not. But he wanted to be Scarecrow and he wanted it to be Nicolas Cage as the Scarecrow, which I could see it. I could see it. It's no Killian Murphy, but I could see it. I could see it. Now, uh, up four, Archer and Troy, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Oh, I think you're going to say like Pacino and Hoffman, who have always seemed more similar to me than Oh, yeah, Niro, sure. You know. I, they're definitely more similar height-wise. Uh, and they've also, exactly. they've been they've been up for the same roles in the past, Pacino yeah. and Hoffman. I mean, of course, Pacino and De Niro, I'm pretty sure, have been up for the same so roles. So De Niro is Sean Archer and Pacino is Castor Troy. I don't know. I did not have That's that either what way. Makes sense. Well, you though. have them in Heat, where Pacino is the cop and De Niro is this bank robber. That I mean, and that was in 95. So it's mm. also like, it's... Because similarly with Schwarzenegger and Stallone, it's like you've got two people operating at kind of a similar they tier. Hoffman's always yeah. been doing his own thing. And Hoffman was also like, you know, doing movies in like The Graduate was like, what, late 60s? Yeah. So it still feels a little different. Whereas De Niro and Pacino came up, it feels like more of like right at the same time in For like sure. mid 70s. Well, and then they did the Godfather, Godfather connection, yeah. but they got no scenes together. So it was always like, we got to get these two together. They're considered two of the best actors of their generation. And like sure. they've, it's always circling around each other to like, will they ever have a movie together? And which they finally did in in Heat, which is great. And they're so good in. And like they're, they've got one big coffee shop scene together, which is iconic. Because uh, it's Pacino and De Niro in 95 where they're still like trying. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're not on their own Nick Cage moon planet just being like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Uh, so I don't know if I prefer it as – I mean, of course, that's the thing. I feel like Pacino is – start. you want him to start as, like, the ruffled, like, FBI agent. I and then he gets right. to go take the, take go, it for a stroll. Go to hoo-ha land. Right. Opposed to, having, opposed to him having to then be, like, more of, like, salt, grim, like, oh, no, now You're I've right. got to win You're my so life right. back. It's like I kind of want De Niro to start as, like, I'm your villain and now I've got – I'm now – I think I'm also just like, um, it's hard to go back once you've seen enough latter-day Pacino to remember. I gotcha. You know what I mean? So I think I just still have Devil's Advocate slapped (laughs) all over my brain in 88 minutes. Well, you know when Devil's Advocate came out. This year. Came out in 97. So we would have lost that performance. Would that have been so bad? Uh, Undoubtedly, yes. (laughs) There you go. Keanu Reeves and Pacino in Face Off. (laughs) Now, which one is Pacino playing? I think Pacino's got to be Sean Archer in that scenario. And Keanu is Castor Troy. In 97, he'd be too young to be playing this head of the FBI. I get that. I completely agree. (laughs) No, I mean, that's talking about like actors that I can't. I love Keanu Reeves. Keanu Keanu Reeves, not as a villain, not as a. I am a villain. uh, Outside of Much Ado About Nothing. (laughs) 
where he just that's a literal line he has to say it i uh, am a plain dealing i am a villain. plain dealing that's it i'm a plain dealing villain and 97 yeah so pacino had devil's advocate but he also had donnie brasco which he's legit fantastic uh-huh. in and de niro had wag the dog speaking of dustin hoffman oh. i was like has de niro and dustin hoffman ever done a movie together all right in this same year yeah de niro had wag the dog Jackie Brown, and also was in Copland with Stallone. Wow, so good year. He had a really nice year. These are three, I think, three very good films. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, they were not in Face Off. They didn't need it. It's also they like them. It. We didn't need it. It's them in an action movie. It's like they can't, yeah. like the stunt doubles that you already see so much of in the speedboat chase. Yeah. You'd be seeing them a lot more during the film. Yup. Yup. <laughs> Anything that's not a close-up on Pacino and De Niro's face when they're supposed to be jumping through the air firing two guns at once. Oh I gosh, don't think so. There's so many people jumping through the air firing two guns at once. It is proven to be the most effective way to fire both your guns is You're, while mid-jump. The, the amount of bruising and minor bone breakage that would happen on a given day as these people. like that. Well, luckily, they're just like passing out you know, 3D limbs like I, like candy in this film, apparently. Oh, so right. they could just get a new elbow. Just 3D print me a new elbow with like busted it it's jumping like with both guns again the the old future i got it it's I the old future the, an, right, the analog right. future right exactly uh jean-claude van damme sure. for sean archer and steven seagal as caster troy interesting it is me sean Archer. <laughs> once again hilarious for that voice to come out of steven seagal. yes that's the one thing about some of these pairings i'm like yeah. i like it but there's nothing in their nothing from their acting that i would this imagine would that either of them could play one of the roles let alone no, both the roles it'd be a very charmless version of uh this film and i feel like at least this movie it, sometimes it makes me smile it, oh it, it makes me smile from ear to ear the whole way through <laughs> uh yeah in 97 jcvd was in double team with dennis rodman now face off with jcvd and dennis now rodman I'm is interesting <laughs> now we're talking so i did not see this paired with anyone but considered in general was patrick swayze the sways interesting someone i can't see as a villain i can't really see it even though we've seen it as bodhi yeah but again but it's even like then he's like such a different a kind of villain for. exactly he never feels like a, I mean, he's like a, the villain where he's robbing banks and purposefully no Not one gets people. hurt we don't go in the vault like, we're just getting stealing a little money so you can still like him yeah opposed to you know nick cage is immediately shooting just mercenary this, yeah. this honeypot fbi agent hiding on the plane uh where he just shoots her which is also like that's your hostage why are you shooting her but he shoots her drops her out of the plane and then gives the most hilarious like shrug Whoa. to john travolta like oopsie daisy oopsie yeah I, it's hard for me to see swayze in either of those I parts uh, i don't i just don't think it plays to his strength um so speaking of demolition man before john woo Marco Brambilla, director of Demolition Man, was considered to direct. So he wanted to make the cast much younger, mm. which I don't, I mean, to be where they are in their respective careers as like second in command of this FBI task 30 force. 30 for best mercenary. Right. Yes. To be like, how young could this mercenary be? What is this? Is this what Kevin McAllister grew up to be? He, all, all of those death traps that he built. <laughs> now he's like, now I'll build a death trap for all of LA. Try to escape this one. Uh, but he the, and Paramount at the time wanted to try to turn at the time 27 year old Johnny Depp into a movie star so the studio said that they would only agree to including Nicolas Cage who wanted to be in the film if Depp could star opposite him so I assume that would be Johnny Depp in the Sean Archer role and then with still Nicolas Cage as Castor Troy 
So, I don't know. I could, I mean, Deb's a very talented actor. I honestly think him is Troy. That's what I'm thinking. Because he's starting where he's like showboaty, campy, you yeah. know, your Jack Sparrows over the top. And Absolutely. then it's just, he's doing like interesting leading yes. man type stuffs for sure um that he could churn out in the 90s which i do i will say i do buy a younger mercenary type figure you know you look at like sure you know at a lot of people who make a lot of great significant like political change or, or like from a, a level of disruption you know both yeah. both like for good and, and for mal intent but like you like people who a lot of dark web kind of stuff like a lot of those people are quite young you know absolutely i mean cage is in his 30s in this film he just mm-hmm. looks he, he's like i think a decade or nine years younger than travolta they just oh, wow. look the same age but when you then think you're like oh yeah travolta was doing movies in the 70s yeah of course yeah and um, moonstruck was like late 80s and cage was like 22 yeah, was when he did moonstruck bear. so he's like yeah he's in his 30s in this film so he is actually younger he just doesn't look it right but i could see i could see like johnny Depp. i see john Depp moore's caster troy alongside 100%. someone else's archer uh but so <laughs> after finally reading the script depp refused to take the part because the guy's got taste. No. Having read the title, he thought the film would be about hockey, and he was disappointed when he discovered that it was, in fact, not about <laughs> hockey. But also knowing of how long he resisted doing action films or doing like yeah. any any broad films like this, and now it's all he does, of course. He'll do anything he can get paid to do. Grindelwald. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go live in France. But like, be- but that's partially he can do that because yeah. he spent so many years building himself up as a prestige actor, you know? Well, he built, now he's just built himself a castle out of all of his Pirates of the Caribbean money. Yes. And now this ding-dang Grindelwald Fantastic Beast money that – who's seeing these films? Who is seeing know. these Fantastic Beast films? We L- saw listen, the first listener, one. Listener, we saw the first one, and that was like, fool me once. Exactly. <laughs> shame on you. Fool, fool me two times, shame on me. Like, I, you're not getting me to come back and see another Fantastic Beast movie. What are we talking about here? Now you got Jude Law. Well, you got Jude Law as Young Dumbledore. I am interested in that. That's true. Ju- I could see Jude Law as Caster Troy in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, it's the hair. Matt Who? Damon and Jude Law together. Ooh, oh hey. Reunite the them from Talented Mr. Ripley. I'm digging that. Um, who was it? Colin Farrell who plays Johnny Depp with a, the other face before they like unmask him and they're like Grindelwald is actually Johnny Depp. It is. It's Colin Farrell and Johnny. And that then was at the, the end one of time Depp, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sad to see Colin. I'm sad Farrell to see go. Colin Farrell go. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like between those movies, why not just let him stay as Colin? Just bring Colin Farrell back, and now it's like my true form is just you'll bleach his hair instead. And it's bleached Colin Farrell anyway. But regardless, so when Wu then got the script, uh, Tra- he was right in the middle of doing a uh, Broken Arrow with Travolta, and Travolta loved working with John Wu. So Travolta said like, I want to do anything with you, sure. Wu. So it was like, well, Travolta is down to headline this film and he's hot off Pulp Fiction and Broken Arrow made money. So like, great, Travolta, he's a draw now. You got Travolta. And then Cage got brought back in because it was mm-hmm. like, well, this seems this like... This makes more sense. This seems like a good pairing, yeah. which it is. I mean, yeah. they're both such ridiculous, hammy, campy actors. They sure are. And you need that. You can't have like one serious actor it, no. because of the nature of the film. If you have a really serious actor, you know, if you've got Har- Harrison Ford as Sean Archer... And Nicholas Cage's Caster Troy. What is it? It'd be like, movie? you know, you get Tommy Lee Jones. It'd be like Tommy Lee Jones working with Jim Carrey in Batman Forever, where he just yes, couldn't stand him. That's exactly 
That's exactly right. Now, Jim Carrey's taking it for a walk, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, I've got to be cartoony now. This doesn't, no one wants that. Yeah, I was thinking, like, now, if you want Harrison Ford in this movie, the only way it works is if Tommy Lee Jones is the other guy, and you just, like, do kind of a rehash of The Fugitive. But even then. Uh, yeah. It, it'd still be very different. It'd be very, very different. Mm-hmm. But I could see a, that kind of reunion of Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I dig that. It's about who you They're pair them totally with that suddenly makes it together. exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, if that was a subplot in Air Force, if Air Force One, if the plot was instead that Gary Oldman's villain was trying to pretend like I'm going to be the president now, I'm going to switch, I'm going to take your face, and it's Harrison Ford stuck as this Russian villain, uh, I, I kind of dig it. It's, it'd be very different, but if it's not, it's just not this villain in this uh-uh. film, because it's just so, and you know, without Cage and Travolta, it wouldn't be as over the top as no, it is. It, it could wouldn't. be very different. In this remake they're going to do, I'm sure it won't be as or actually, it probably will be as over the top because it's almost certainly going to be a comedy. I'd be shocked if it wasn't more of an action comedy. Yeah. Well, it sells. And oh, that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. Yeah. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the roles of Sean and Castor, and one was not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. Wait. So, so two of these people we're gonna be a pair we're thought of as a pair okay so we've got a pair and a spare and pair. i have to guess the spare we got a pair and a spare y'all Great. your options are alec baldwin mm-hmm. mel gibson mm. and bruce willie mm. i'm gonna say i mean any of these are entirely plausible i'm gonna say bruce willis i'm sorry that is incorrect okay gibson as far as I could tell, Mel Gibson was not considered for face-off, but they'd considered pairing Alec Baldwin and Bruce Willis. Alec Baldwin's someone that I can do camp and can do, like, yes. a villain. Bruce Willis has never— the f- No. In I this mean, year of 97, he was doing The Jackal with Richard Gere, where he is the villain, and that's—I've never seen, but it's supposed to be a trash I'm fire of a film. I'm just thinking of him in, in, like, Death Becomes Her, where it's like, mm. oh, you're trying— but there are yeah. so many more people who'd be a better fit. It's just like Bruce Willis is one of those people who's not very amorphous in like tone no. and skill What set. he does when he's trying to do it, he does so well. But I don't think either of these are. I think Alec Baldwin is actually a good fit. Yeah. I mean, Travolta is just a classier Baldwin a version of Alec Baldwin in terms of like the stuff that they do. There's, I think there's a certain amount of overlap. They're oh, yeah. both like very heartthrobby in their younger days, you know, um, and they got i can see they kind of feel you know i could see alec baldwin as his role in people versus oj simpson you know like there's yes there's a yes, certain yes, yes. level of crossover that i could say oh my gosh um, i just i'd forgotten about that i just remember travolta <laughs> like entering hands first just oh. like no <laughs> just i was like oh this is more drag than he did when he was in hairspray <laughs> it sure is uh so let's move on to pollux troy caster's baby brother I hate it when you call me bro. Uh, what did you think of Alessandro Navolo? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean, he's he's fine. I think he does a, a very serviceable job when, again, as we've previously said, he had to be like, I am the brother yeah. of Nicolas Cage. He's, he's taken a big swing. Apparently, he based it off uh, his voice and speech mannerisms were not part of the script. He was inspired by Charles Crumb. It's the brother of artist Robert Crumb, right? And which was in the documentary Crumb about about him. Wasn't he what um, 
Michael Stuhlbarg based his character in The Pillow Man? He sure did. Michael Stuhlbarg, on when he did uh, play The Pillow Man on Broadway with Billy Crudup and Jeff Goldblum, and he based his character in part off of this exact same wow. character, this, or not character, this same uh, person from this documentary. Very different interpretations of the same. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but yeah, he was watching the documentary at the time and decided to base it off that, which I, you know, good for you. It's a yeah. big swing. I don't think it works. I think it, it makes but me. What does? Uh, yeah, but Cage and Travolta are working on their own rhythm. You might not agree That's with it, true. but they That's are on the point. same rhythm. They're, the movie is all, it's all the movie. Whereas this guy does not seem like part of the movie. He's like, once he's like, I'll turn state's evidence. And he's like toasting the camera and like, doo, 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 doo. I'm eating all my little food when I'm supposed to be spilling the beans. Instead, I'm eating this pate uh, is just so stupid to me. It's just yes. so silly. And I don't think it. It just feels that very That moment to me feels on. the most like Nicolas Cage. That is like a Nicolas... That's him yeah. being like, now what would Nicolas Cage do in this scene? Regardless, like, it's it's fine. I it's feel like he gets fine. the job done. I don't have a lot of thoughts. I was kind of like, I want someone who is... I mean, part of it also depends. I would have more ideas if I knew who was playing Castor Troy. Then I'd be like, okay, who do I want to play Oh, to play brother? this baby brother? Yeah. Sure. However, if, if it's just a mystery... Mm -hmm. And I'm casting whomever. Right. I kind of want someone who I just buy as like a little off or like yeah. really nerdy with a, an edge of potential danger sure. there. So it's like, oh, well, that's Joaquin Phoenix. <gasps> yeah. 1997, 1997. Two years. Two years after To Die For, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. 100 percent i'm feeling like that's, that's great center casting. of the bullseye oh, thank center, you jeff center of the bullseye podcast oh wow um, so i have experience and then more contemporary one and this is this is definitely different but this would be less in the pocket than that but like a fran kranz like someone who's a good enough uh -huh. actor who can like play this mm -hmm. kind like i would i would be interested in seeing him audition yes for the it, cabin know? in the woods fran that's kranz exactly yes yeah, i dig that I yeah. dig that a lot. That's that's basically. I had some other thoughts, but none of them once. I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's, well, I'm gonna say he's young for it in 1997, but I suppose it's like he's the younger brother. He can kind of be, you know, as long as he's not a right. ch -ch -ch child. Uh, give me Giovanni Ribisi. Give me like yes, he, or or yes. like made a little later. Made like today. Give me Elijah Wood. Get me like, like this Elijah Wood. That's great. Those the, big eyes. Yeah, that like weirder beta energy. That is a perfect way of describing it. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah, yeah, are yeah. the two off the top of my head that I like. Yeah. So one other actor considered for this offered it and turned it down. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg's a better fit for this. It is. Well, it's because I think Mark Wahlberg was still early in his career. This yeah. is like all he had. He had like the Basketball Diaries with DiCaprio in 95. Mm. Fear with Reese Witherspoon in 96. And then 97, what he was doing instead was Boogie Nights, which is what oh, made him yeah, much you're better. like, oh, you're an actual actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which much is a perfect, perfect usage of Mark Wahlberg's yes. talents. Imagining him doing like, bye, bro, of this kind of like little pinky wave. Yeah, I was just watching. Oh, bro, I was just watching this documentary on Crumb. That guy was a perv, bro. Yo, John, like John Woo, you see this? You see this documentary? You like my bomb, bro? The idea of Mark Wahlberg watching a documentary is just already hilarious <laughs> to me. You're right. Now, a documentary, is that the same as, like, uh, the Celtics game? Because <laughs> I love that one. Oh, and he also, maybe he also turned it down because he thought it was about hockey. Oh, could be. That, that's an excellent, excellent hey, point. You know. I would not be surprised. Uh, regardless, I cannot in a million years see Mark 
Wahlberg nay, darling, as this nay. brother. New. Uh, but let's move on to Sasha Hassler. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Gina Gershon and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Gina Gershon is an actor who I'm always like, oh, you're working. Good for you. <laughs> like, but I'm never like, oh my gosh, Gina Gershon. And I've seen her a couple of times on Broadway and various shows she's all, true i've seen her play sally bowls and i've seen her in uh Bowen Bowen Bowen. Bowen, which i saw that original cast uh-huh. three times so i saw her in that <laughs> she's always good she's always like really solid yeah i like gina gershon to me peak gina gershon is of course showgirls showgirls but like i'm never like this performance could have been no one else like i mm-hmm. never have that reaction which is not necessarily what you need from a role like this but and she's also doing some weird heavy lifting where it's like, well, now I've got to introduce you to my son, who's your son, too. Like, yeah, it's, it's not kind scene to the scene where actor. the son just comes in and she does not – she doesn't act like you should – no, no, no. You're, you're supposed to stay out there or, like – it's just so, like, well, here's your son. Well, I think that the my, – my reading of the scene was, like, Castor knew that she had a son. Oh, I read that. Well, okay, but but, but she, she had never. It's it's because he didn't, but he doesn't know that it's his. Correct. My, that was my interpretation. That she decides because uh, you know you have Sean Archer in there who says a, like one or two like compassionate things. Like, yeah. Oh, I've I've hurt you. I've made your life harder. Yeah. And she's yeah, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cass. She's like, but I, I. She's like, you don't know. He's like, I know that I have though, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And the fact that he shows like an ounce of compassion and humanity she feels safe enough to be like you want to meet your boy i know of this maniac yeah. caster troy you i would never tell him that this the kid was his i'd be terrified yeah he'd be like oh great i'm gonna make him part of the gang it, it, that's what the script demands though and i think that she that's true she does it i just think she sells fine. it i think she, she totally sells it and she's someone i mean between showgirls and uh what john woo cast her off of was the year before's uh, Bound, the first Wachowski siblings film uh, oh, with her and, right. her and Jennifer Tilly. Oh, uh, yes, ago. which I just rewatched because it's, it's so good. It's such a great, great, like teeny tiny budget noir. I love mm. it. Love it. Love a little noir, little neo-noir thriller. My favorite genre. I love. So this, uh, just looking at Gina Gershon's beautiful face. Yes. There were a few people who I was like, I had seen it, you know. So this is someone who I've never seen in a movie like this. I don't think she would accept a role like uh, like this. However, <laughs> Julianne Moore. Um, Julie Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Be either. Um, Ma. <laughs> anywho, um, she would have been too young for it at this point in time. But like. Is, her face actually looks a lot like Elizabeth Banks to me, weirdly. Oh. Like, and I was like, oh, actually, Elizabeth great. Banks would be really great in this part, you know? Love it. it. I mean, it's a kind of role I think like a lot of people could execute just fine. Yeah. It's um, a smaller role. You've, you know, you've got, she, but that's the thing. You, you When you have Gina Gershon, it's like, yeah, I buy that you had a relationship with Castor Troy. Yes. But I also buy that you are a decent enough human exactly, that we're supposed to feel yeah. for you that you die. And yeah. Exactly. My other thought, and this is obviously a much more recent one, is like, because you also need someone who like can do the action stuff. So I was like, give me like Michelle Rodriguez, you know, like someone who is just like, I buy you in this world. Abs- you have yeah. compassion i can read that on you but i buy that you're just like this is your life with these people but also you're gonna like know how to use a gun and roll around on the floor and look really cool you know absolutely the 2007 version of face yes. off michelle rodriguez well the next time then i skip to like i'm just thinking of her and all the fast and furious movies i'm imagining vin diesel and 
Well, well, actually, I mean, they hate each other so much. But imagining Vin Diesel and The Rock yes! if it was remade today, yes! but they, you, would, like, you literally would have to film it where they would never have to be in the same room. Oh man, that'd be so <laughs> stupid. So is it The Rock as Sean Archer and Vin Diesel as Vin Diesel's just not good enough? I don't think. To of do course this not. <laughs> of course he's not good enough. We don't actually want this. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, kind of. That's why I'm like, I want a billion versions of this movie because like, I just want to see it. It'd be so bad, but I just want to see now, it to know about, how bad now, it hold is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sean Archer. Holding. The Rock. Yes. Caster Troy. Jason Statham. Ooh, but that's the thing. It's like, it's so silly to me to be like, all right, for the surgery, we're going to have to take all of your muscles, all of your bulk away. You're right. You're so right. You're so right. Brain swapperoo. I dig that. That works for me. I could do, they've been paired in uh, two dumb films together. The one and war. Do Jason Statham and Jet Li. Oh, yeah. I I would really dig. I mean, there's so many versions of this that I would like to see. That's why I want to make all of them. (laughs) Yeah. For for Sasha Hassler, I could also see a 97 Jennifer Lopez, I think, would rock. This does feel like a role that it's like, why didn't you cast Jennifer Lopez? (laughs) She, yeah, she did occur to me, too. It's just someone who you want the, like, toughness and the the softness underneath. And for today, how about we start putting Stephanie Beatriz into movies? Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Rosa Diaz. Let's start getting in her some big films. Hollywood, she rocks she rules the school uh two actors she rules the school. two actors that were up for sasha gina Gershon's bound co-star jennifer tilly who had jennifer tilly who had liar liar in 97 instead a film that i've seen approximately seven billion times i saw it approximately once in theaters <laughs> oh that's that i would i would war war that vhs out i thought that was the funny that and the mask i thought were the funniest films ever we did watch the 10 year old jeff obsessively in my, um, in my household so yeah but jennifer tilly was considered which uh yeah i see i mean it's also it's, just having just rewatched bound where she's like i'm married to a criminal little little tiny teeny tiny criminal joey joe pantaliano uh i could see jennifer tilly mm-hmm. and juliana margulies turned down the role because filming conflicted with her schedule for er i think that worked out for her hey uh, yeah a billion seasons of er a and uh, the good seasons. wife yeah, yeah that's yeah, 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 yeah. she's doing just fine that juliana margulies but i could see that as well i haven't seen her in as many things because i was never a good wife or er watcher i've seen one episode of er oh and that's it <laughs> But, but regardless, what I've seen her in, I'm like, she's a great actor. So I was like, I could see that. I could see Juliana Margulies. But I, I like that Gina Gershon because she is operating. She knows the movie she's in. She surely in. does. When she's so, to... does, so does, uh, oh, oh, what's his name? Cassavetes. Yes. Uh, Nick Cassavetes, Nick. who's playing her brother. Her brother. Who she might have an incestuous relationship with. Yeah, right end. before he dies, she gives her a big smooch. And it, she's into it. We would have gotten the point. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Dieter. Dieter. Dieter Hassler. Dieter Hassler. He knows what... what I don't know why suddenly I'm Swedish when that's probably meant to be German. Anyway, he knows what movie he's in. Like they, they, oh, all he's having goons, a ball. He's having like, a blast. We're here to shoot this crazed action yeah. sequence, and we're going to enjoy it. Oh, they are enjoying every teeny tiny moment of it. Um, but I like Jenny Gershon in it. So those are all the characters that I found other casting options for, but there are a few characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them. We got Joan Allen as Eve, John Woo's first choice. First why, choice, best choice. Wh- stop drilling, you hit oil. Why would you even go any further? Why bother looking for other people? The studio wanted to go with someone younger and make her this, a stepmother instead, and but Wu fought for Alan, which good, yes, good for, for good for you. Especially Will. if you're gonna have this whole thing with like the child, which I mean, I don't think they really deal enough with. Like she's like ha- she's having to do all the emotional lifting. She gets her one moment to be sad at the grave, but the rest of yeah. it's like he gets to just be 
relentlessly awful for however many years, like, and she doesn't get to deal with her grief. Um, no, but I think true. she handles it very as well as can the script allows her to, and and I think that yeah. it just gives you more than like a stepmother who oh, did not experience. Yeah, this I know. Death. It's like no, no, no. You want it to be the person who's equally affected, yeah. not just some new right. So she in in also so is in invested. his exactly. So it's like what in this version is it like in his grief? He's like I was so torn up by the death of my son that I you know married this hottie that well, I met have met at the I mean, In and Out. You know, the death of a child is the type of thing that often can like lead to a, a couple separating, but it's it's. It's also, I don't know. That, I don't know if this movie needs that no, subplot. No, it doesn't. But also then when she is like sleeping with who she thinks is her husband yeah. and later finds out it's not, it's like she's like been literally in bed with the enemy. Yeah. You know, that's just like it hits harder. Yeah. 100%. Yes. The man that killed her son. Exactly. As opposed Absolutely. to like, oh no, the bad yeah. guy. No, no, no. Definitely. Definitely. And it's Joan Allen. She's great. Yeah. I think she's great in it. Also, why? They just want just why? So they can have a younger actress? Of course. I hate you, Hollywood. Of course. So Hollywood? stupid. No. Hollywood, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, yeah, Nick Cassavetes as Dieter, which is never not funny to me that this gentleman, who is this bald, earringed, big, fluffy-coated, smooching his sister on the mouth before he dies, gentleman, would go on to direct The Notebook. It is, is really the funny funniest when when you have that image of him in this film in your mind's eye, and then I haven't seen Notebook, but I know there's a lot of crying, and I know the like image in the rain. Mm-hmm. That's funny to me. It's I don't know if it's funnier that he would go on to direct the Notebook, or if it's funnier looking at this guy and knowing that he's John Cassavetes' son. That it's just imagining like if John Cassavetes could see that i'm imagining like these imagined scenarios that i i think john cassavetes when did he die i thought he might already been passed i think it might have already been done by that by 97 like you're in the business he understands you gotta work right but true but imagining him like john cassavetes going to the opening premiere to see his son in face off (laughs) to see his son giving such a campy over-the-top performance um which is of this film you know yeah. that's why him and a cage that also wasn't in the script for them to just go back and forth for a minute with they're like i want to take his face off it's like you want to take his, his face, face off i want to take his face they're in an improv off. class together in this movie like we're watching them yes anding one another and just like taking it and running with it in a way that looks very comfortable on them maybe that was in one of the improvs in cage and travolta's two-week boot camp or yes. as an exercise and it was yes. like we should do this thing they were hey, nick nick we should do this this thing that me and Travolta uh, came up with. So we're just, we're just going to Meisner this. I'm just going to just going to say this line back and forth <laughs> they were for doing a billion times. Points and and Cage came up with that. You know he was doing. He, they were doing lob on and viewpoints. He came up with all the stuff that he's like. Well, now I got to put this in everywhere. I can't just use this and trying to act like Travolta. I got it. This is my character now. Uh, and then randomly, this film is just filled to the brim with every character actor under the sun. Like just so many people that are in a billion other things down to like the one guy, the one FBI agent buzz who Archer as Troy pretends to murder because he's like, oh, I don't want to kill my, my buddy. Just I know. I know. Trying to keep it. Yeah. But he pretends to shoot him and then he's just, and then doesn't, but I'm like, looked at him. I was like, who is this guy? This guy played Mike on like the, probably the biggest guy role. I think on all of desperate housewives. I'm like that, this guy that's probably like 18th build in this movie is like, whatever sixth build in desperate housewives but you had you had the aforementioned margaret cho 
uh, Robert Wisdom as Tito, Travolta's partner, who's mm-hmm. gr- who's He's also great. in The Wire, fantastic. Dies John, you get I know you get young John Carroll Lynch, young uh, Chris Bauer, young Colm Fiore, CCH Pounder, Baby Thomas Jane in the prison. It's kind of wild how many mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are in this that would go on to have bigger careers or just be like or more prominent roles in other films and tv um which i appreciate it's that's also to me why i can watch this film so many times because every 10 minutes it's another spot like oh now i get some jerk john carroll lynch is it the best john carroll lynch of course not of course not but he was still happy to see him turn up we sure are could you imagine if that was a twist that he's also playing his character from zodiac (laughs) as this prison guard (laughs) the secret zodiac in this film (laughs) so in early drafts of the script archer as caster had to go to caster's mother's place to hide out so i don't know if that maybe took the place of the gang headquarters Uh, instead yeah Yeah. he goes to caster's mother the writers wanted the mother to be played by elizabeth taylor or jack nicholson and drag the same thing right like (laughs) potato potato jack nicholson in the flintstones as uh what was it pearl slag (laughs) hoople As Wilma's mom, as Fred's as Fred's stepmom, Jack Nicholson, that would be amazing. Jack Nicholson as as John Jack Goodman's Nicholson mother-in-law. In yeah, the writers just didn't care. I think once John Woo arbitrarily said this won't be a sci-fi movie, you have to make it make they sense like, that in '97 now. we can do Face Off, Switcheroo, and all this. And because they say, on the, I think they're on the commentary, they're talking about oh, yeah. like the microchip in the neck, and they are like bringing up. Like, that doesn't do, do anything. anything. And yeah. that was just a placeholder, but Wu didn't care. And This sounds like... Uh, <laughs> if, if, so, Joe versus the Volcano yeah. was apparently, like, a horrible Ooh. experience for John Patrick Shanley. Like, sure. you know, being in... Because Moonstruck was Moonstruck, and then, like, they gave him more license and yeah. did not. It was just, like, at every turn, getting horrible notes and just getting... It, like, it, notes and, like, oh, you, sh- you need to change this that, like, made it not the movie he wanted it to be. And it was just a wretched experience. So he went and wrote this play called Four Dogs and a Bone, which is like a searing indictment on like the soullessness of Hollywood and on people making like the most arbitrary choices for just no reason other than like money or like, oh, well, we want to do this. And it's like a writer writing this in the throes of like recovering from the despair yeah. of having to make a big budget film that they their heart was not in. Mm. And like this sounds like that to me where they're like, well, we've, we sold this movie. It's going to be huge. I can't stand behind any of it. Yeah. They took away that the chimpanzees are running everything. Well, even just- They took away my monkeys. Not a hundred years in the future makes it like, because I'll believe whatever you tell me if you're going to set it up strongly enough. But then if you're going to show me the surgery and it's like (laughs) around the edge of the face and then you just suction the face while While cutting his hair. They're also, you know, let's, we gotta save time. We don't oh have the time. Gosh. Let's cu- let's cut your hair while your face is Give off. Give him some highlights. Getting teeny tiny, like, those teeny tiny hairs just all doing? on your in your bare like ventricles. So I get them being like, fine. You know what? Let's see if they'll do Jack Nicholson and drag. Yeah, I think it was them at that point, just seeing how far they could push. That makes a lot of sense. Apparently, like they were paid to be on set, every, like all throughout filming, because Whoa. no one. Everyone was kind of like they wanted to make a lot of changes, but everyone was worried that like, oh, this is the kind of film where if you change one, one thing, thing we have to the change, movie doesn't yeah. work anymore. So they were around and I'm sure that they were just around in their like little chairs and the writer chairs just looking to each other like, what are what we, are doing? we like, doing? Like hoping like this is either going to be a big hit or a huge bomb. Like we don't know. Uh, and maybe at that point that just to stay sane, they were like 
Hitchin, Jack Nicholson, and Drag. Because yeah. that that would make sense to me that that's how that ridiculous sentence. I, yeah, I, works. who would play the way that Nick Cage plays this movie? Who would I actually want to see as that character's mother? Because I don't think it is Elizabeth Taylor. It's Faye Dunaway. It's Faye like something Dunaway. on that level. Yeah. I mean, if it was made a little more later, because the ages don't line up, but right. made later, like Helen Mirren taking it for a walk, because she's in those Fast and Furious movies sure. playing Jason Statham's mother, which is a delight. Mm. Someone like that, maybe. Or you know what? Get B. Arthur. B. Arthur hey, as Caster Troy's mom. Arthur. Or st- get Estelle Getty. Stop or my mom will shoot too. It's like Caster Troy's grandmother. Um, yeah. There's... Oh, actually, you know what? I'm thinking of the wrong Golden Girl. Caster Troy's mom. You know you want it to be an f bomb drop in Betty White. Yeah. Yes. We it could just want be. Her, it could White. just be her character in Lake Placid. Yes. Make it a crossover. They yes. go to her. They got to go hide out in her cabin. And uh oh, now we got a giant crocodile On Lake to deal Placid, with. Lake Placid, comma Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Cross country road trip. Now we're talking. Yeah. Suddenly we're a road trip movie now too. There's crocodiles. <laughs> No one knows what's going to happen next. Uh, well, I do. We're going to go to final thoughts. Oh. Amy, Joe, anything we haven't touched on? Any other actor that we haven't, uh, maybe maybe that we brushed over a little too quickly that you want to? Let me look at my notes, Jeff. Please do. I have just a, a couple thoughts uh, that we didn't discuss. One, good thing that the bowl haircut never went out of style for these children so that there can just be a clean substitution of 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 little boys like now we have the same kid Mm because we know hair is is the defining feature um i have also written at some point this is like when they're doing the basically when they're doing the face-off surgery and everything they're like and this is what you're gonna do you're gonna go into the prison blah 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 i've written this plot is truly so stupid and by plot i mean the unfolding of events and also the fbi's efforts like that's it's just like this is stupid guys like you're gonna let you're gonna let this person with a personal the most personal vendetta this is just a bad idea. Um, Who's so bad? Who's all throughout? He keeps like when he gets to the prison, he sees Tom Jane. And it's oh, like, I put you. Uh, oh yeah, I put you. I mean, Sean, Sean Archer put you away. Um, yeah, not not good. Oh, and then the, a quote that we have not yet. We just can't let it go Please. past. If I were to let you suck my tongue, mm-hmm. would you be grateful? And I've written under that. Please, Amy Joe, we're on. We're recording a podcast. I... <laughs> <I'm> re- <laughs> oh, you're quoting the film. I'm of course, quoting of course, of course, the film, but I've written under this. He's not Tony Stark. You know, it's not like he's some famous player. He wanted to be though. I be- oh yes, now I recall. But it, I was like, he's not like. Let me board my private jet that like I own and right. I have like you know many girls at my beck and call and also like someone like robert downey jr just is a little more attractive and has personal charm as robert downey like, jr is caster troy now that would be fun. that would be great that would be fun i would dig the crap and out of w- that he could play the switch very easily yeah but i was like this is just some guy like why is he one of the most famous people in the world i don't know but even like regard it's like why because like he's bought a private plane for the afternoon like i think it's more that he has guns on him it's more of there's also the implied threat of like you're gonna suck my tongue because I'm a dangerous murder. The fact that like maybe, th- but like if she is not an FBI agent, as uh-huh. we find out that she is, right? If she's just some woman working this plane, uh, this is just her job. Yeah. Um, you're telling me that like there we just don't see that there are guns. Like like we know that there are, but like how does she know that? 
How does she know that? He doesn't like like grab. Well, I mean, they're right outside the plane when he I has his box of guns true. and his, he's pretty but right out in the open. I suppose it just feels like we need them more of an acknowledgement of that rather than she's like, okay. And now we know that she's sitting down and doing all that because she's like, I'm an FBI agent. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah, nail she's, this She's fish. on the phone with them. They're getting onto the plane and she's like, okay, I gotta go. My he's customer's here. here. And he, they see her on the phone and you're like, that's not going to raise suspicion. Well, she could have been just chatting with a, a friend, you know. Yeah, but Castor Troy is a famous domestic, famous domestic terrorist. Like domestic terrorist. It's just, anyway, it, that yeah. that was I hear that you. was a line yeah. that was outlandish, but also just like this guy does not have that much like he's not so good looking or has that much charm, and also like I think it's more what? that he's throwing the money around and he's flashing the gun. I think it's a little some of column A, all of column A. Flash the gun then, so I, this would sure. have made this behavior would have made sense to me. Anyway, those are my thoughts, deep and insightful. I know they were. I I love it. Yeah. So we we've never talked about this uh like face swipe thing that Travolta does, oh, it's uh, so which is cool. especially in COVID times. Especially in COVID it's times. Just like, oh no 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 no. Yeah. No. To show affection, he will just run his fingers, just brush them. He opens down the film, the brushing him down his, his this son's is the face. Thing my brother used to do to me to irritate me. <laughs> he would do that, be like, oh shh shh shh, and just like like limply drip his hand down my face, and I'd be like, ah, like it is not a pleasurable. A side of affection. Yeah, it's like he's like running like wet noodles down his face. It's just like a <laughs> gentle, just like bleh, down the face. And he does it to everyone. He does it to his daughter. He does, he does it to, it to his the to Joan Allen. Of the kid. He does it to a picture. He and, he and he does. He starts to do it to Adam, Adam. to not oh, his wait. son. And then he remembers that it's like, oh, that would be weird to do. <laughs> Opposed he almost to, does it to Gina Gershon at one point, and he too. almost does it to Gina Gershon. He's obsessed with touching people's faces. Is that why he? Is that why John Travolta? Is that just his thing? Because did, so didn't he do that to Dina Menzel at the Oscars? <laughs> Because because when he, he did a lot to Adina Menzel at the Oscars, Let's... Adina Menzel should have sued Travolta for no, what he. Are you kidding? He like made her so much more famous. I know that's like, true. Like she but... should send him a fruit no no basket. no. That's all great. That first time calling her Adele Dazeem, but then it was the it might have been the next Oscars where it was them like yes. together and she's like joking like, "Do you know who I am?" And he'd be like, "He's like touching her face." And he's like, "Of course I do. You're Adina." Menzel and I almost vomited. He is manhandling that face, and uh, I don't want that. I'm hoping that when we're able to touch one another's faces again, we just don't. You know, <laughs> that's my hope that people. Are that's just what like, I hope the takeaway is: break the Don't habit. touch people's faces. Yeah, you know, like I'm married to you. I feel like I can touch your face, but I also am like showing affection sure. i'm not like let me just limply run my fingers well, of course. through your eye of course. sockets i really thought you were gonna say that like i'm married to you and i don't want to touch your <laughs> face i don't want anyone touching my face i don't my the face is a no touchy zone oh, uh no, yeah. basically all of me that would be thrilling oh. <laughs> if i went back into rehearsals and it's like oh thank you for not arbitrarily mm-hmm. touching me in a yeah. show of condescension yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I'll end with this. When the breakout at the prison is going on, at one point, you see a glimpse of a box marked InGen, which is the company that clones the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Crossover. Crossover. Face off to Nicolas Cage having to swap faces with a velociraptor. Why didn't they just put giant moon boots on the dinosaurs and then they don't even need cages? <laughs> it would be so funny if a raptor is running and they just go locked down and this raptor is just like stuck to the floor. <laughs> it works. 
foolproof security. It would be. It would make so much sense. Yeah, I'm just imagining like, all right, exercise time, and all these raptors are just slowly clumping in a cir- in a tiny circle, <laughs> in like a long oval. <laughs> they don't want to be led. They want to run. <laughs> they want to hunt. Uh, yeah, I know the you... line I was trying to modify. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, that actually makes more sense when you're like, oh yeah, this level of the not so distant future where we have face off technology is also the not so distant future where we're cloning dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And I think that's what it needs to be. I think if it was, it had to be a brain switcher, of course. But if you Travolta had to switch brains with like a Velociraptor, that would be a Velociraptor just trying to like <laughs> gently <laughs> run its claws down Joan Allen's like, face to be like, "I'm your husband." But it's just like scratching deep, deep, <laughs> bloody, bloody marks into her face. Wait a minute! This Velociraptor has type A blood. <laughs> I don't think this is shot at all. It's what I want. Amy Cho. Jeff. What are you recommending this week? I'm recommending this podcast that came out uh, in 2020, uh, like late last year, called Chameleon. Uh, I binged it over the course of like a couple of days. Like I couldn't stop listening to it. It's about the Hollywood scam queen. And it's just fascinating. I'm not going to tell you much more than that. Like it's it's this this person who was like scamming all of these people on like the lower echelons of Hollywood, like personal trainers and chefs and makeup artists, and like she was like making them go to Jakarta and all this. It was it's wild, and it is just like it's fantastic. I I strongly recommend. Uh, so that's Chameleon. Uh, and and let me know what you think because I thought it was it was a real fun ride. Nice. Jeff. Amy Chow. What are you recommending? I want to recommend this new show, Lupin, that just popped up on Netflix. I've heard it. It's great. Uh, it is a delight. It stars Omar Sy, who's been in such things as The Untouchables and Jurassic World, and he's in X-Men Days of Future Past, so he's popped up. He's a French actor. He's popped up into some Hollywood stuff, uh, and he is playing a gentleman thief who sets out to avenge his father for an injustice inflicted by a wealthy family. It's only a few episodes long and... I think they're going to do like what they did with Money Heist, where it's like they dropped like, here's a season, but this is just the first half of Ah. the full thing um, because the story's not done at the end. Uh, But it's so quick. It's easy breezy. It's only a handful of episodes and it's a delight. It's uh, I always I love a heist film alongside a neo-noir thriller a heist film. My second favorite genre. I love fun thievery especially a gentleman thief it's like this show takes off all the boxes of things that i want to watch uh and i think listener you might want to watch it too oh my gosh and that's what we're recommending this week do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of email us at and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at and almost starring. And if you're enjoying the show, drop down iTunes Lane and give us a little rating and review. Maybe five stars. Maybe five stars. I know we say it every week, but gosh, it's helpful. It's but, so stupid how helpful it is. We say it every week, but this week, listen. <laughs> 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 or just live your life. We're just appreciative that you are listening this far Bless. and have not turned us off. The- what are you? St- yeah, we're doing a Ferris Bueller now. The show's over. Like, why are you? St- the episode's over. Why are you still listening? Go home. We might be funny. <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> oh no, there's not. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson, and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>